Yeah, welcome to Uva Ball Raw. How are you, Uva? We just uh, came back from Strasbourg. I sent you a little video yesterday in uh, Strasbourg in France. Yeah, I saw that. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's only two hours away from here. And they have a m magic, big, big Christmas market all over the old 500 years old city. It's like yeah, you can tell. You can tell that it's old. Look at that brick on the ground. It looked really cool. Yeah, mm. I'm just finishing my little soup I have in front of me. But it's uh, I love it there because um, the French just love the food. So even in the small bistros and small restaurants, they have a quality. Let's say. Uh, um, yeah, they, they just want to serve quality. You you don't you just don't don't get bad food in Strasbourg, for example. And yeah. in Germany, it's like hit or miss, right? So you have like restaurants here where I live, where you know they're crap, and then you don't go. And you have restaurants, also very good restaurants, but that is like in Strasbourg, you basically can drop in everywhere, and you will get served a good meal. That we bought some cheese to bring home, and now we're back here. Mm. Yeah, it shows you the, the, how deeply ingrained food culture is in France, basically. Yeah, but also mm, in regards of... Because mm. I love French cooking, all that butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on Corona, they're also way better. Because, um, so we in Germany, uh, so you have the Corona, uh, like your uh, vaccine certificate you have on your cell phone do you have that in us too well i live in florida and desantis governor desantis uh i know that uh, the the president wanted to do that but then a lot of individual people who govern the states uh, made it illegal for anybody to have or require uh, a vaccination proof so i have like i have kind of a document saying that i got it but Apparently, it's illegal, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's absurd. But, so, but, but here, like in Germany, so you have it, right? And in France, you have it. But if you go here to a restaurant, for example, you still have to fill out the form so that they can track you down in the case that was like a super spreader uh, wow. event, right? So, but in France, they're so technology uh, uh, high-end. They just, for example, we went to the Christmas market. There's security before you get into the Christmas market. And there are people with cell phones. They scan your code on their phone. And you're in the system. So done. You know, in Germany, they look at your code, but yet, and you still have to fill out the form because they're whatever, too stupid to have the same computer program. Uh, so it would make for restaurants here a major uh, difference because it goes so quick. You know, now here you go to a restaurant here in Mainz and then they, the, the waiter like uh, fill out the form or oh, here's a Luca app. It's a different app than you have where you have to uh, scan a different different thing in your phone and then you get can get tracked by the Luca app, right? But it's like basically double work as it is like in France. In France, you put your thing up, boom, they scan it and you're good to go. In you know, restaurants, bars, cafes, whatever, Christmas market, wherever a lot of people are. And I think it's so much better organized because if it's all government driven, they can, 
as you said, in US, they're all scared about the privacy, right? But the reality is, if you were in a rock concert and there is a super spreader event, like before they track you down, uh, it takes a month. If, if you know, like to warn you that everybody got Corona and should get tested or whatever. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but, but in France, they have you right away. They know right away the, the addresses of all the, whatever, 4,000 people that were in that, in that concert. And then they send everybody an email, boom, there was a spreader event, please get tested. I think that's amazing. I mean, yeah. as an American here that there's a, a lot of the stuff that you're describing I have only seen at Universal because they pump the money into that, into getting, you know, uh, scanning people. And but most of the time here in the United States, uh, when you're not uh, with uh, a theme park like that incident, uh, most companies aren't doing shit. Like you're describing all of these measures and very well thought programs that are being carried out socially to try and stop the spread whereas in the united states i see a lot of talk and pushback but not a lot of implementation and i think it's more than just people thinking their rights are being infringed upon or that they're scared to take the vaccine i think it's companies not wanting to spend the extra money into this extra thing that they feel is unnecessary it's all about money as well yeah no totally and i mean uh if of course, it's also about being, um, if you ignore like super spread events, for an example, you in a way protect businesses in the disadvantage of the uh, uh, disadvantage of the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you, you don't hurt the concert people. You don't hurt the whatever restaurant people where spread event is or the soccer game or whatever, whatever audiences are, you know, because if you don't follow it up, then uh, they don't have negative consequences that they all have to go in quarantine or quarantine or something. I think that people here lie about that shit because they don't want to go in quarantine. Even if they were at a super spreader event, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to go in a quarantine. And then somebody would come ask them and they'd say, no. And then they'd spread it anyway. And by yeah. the way, a month later, it's too fucking late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, that, but that's what I mean. If you're in a computer and, and uh, everybody got scanned who got in, you basically can inform them within two days after the concert. Oh, so that people can't lie. That would be so fucking great. That would yeah. be so great. Because they'd be like, yeah. we, you were here and we see it. So, you know, the person could say, I, I was not. Well, you were here. It would be nice if we had that kind of tracking here in the U.S. But everyone would be like, oh, no, no it's the next step is chips in our arms and they'll be scanning our arms and it'll be fucking 1984 and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and to yesterday was, uh, and I was in a hotel room and then put the TV on and there was a press conference. From the BioNTech uh, president and his wife about the Omicron, the Omicron uh, virus. Oh boy! And, yeah, and we need three more shots each. What? Wait, what do you? Yeah. Tell, me, tell me what he said. What did he say? No, he said like they analyzed it within uh, in beginning of March. They and Pfizer, right together, will have a new vaccine. Uh, because Omicron <clears throat> will actually, similar to the Delta, what we all have now here, 
um, the Omicron will take over. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. And then everybody needs... Uh, so he said, right now, you should get the booster shot. If you So right now, everybody should have three shots of, of the vaccine. Three. And if you don't have three, you have only two, get one more shot. Then... Okay. Uh, uh, because they, he said also, of course, in March will be not like a billion uh, doses available. It will be like whatever, 100 million doses available in March and then maybe uh, 800 million in, in uh, April and a billion in, in May. But uh, that shows that if you let's say, so when, when was your second vaccination? Oh, I, I oh, can get I, I can get it as of November, like, 28th. So I'm going to get it this week, actually. I feel better now. I'm not sick anymore. So Yeah. So get the booster, and yeah. then you're good till you get the Omicron uh, booster, basically, right? So, and he said, like, because the Omicron, the problem with the Omicron said in the Delta and all the other variations, there were, like, 21, uh, 2018 or twenty. Uh, spike proteins and now it's with the omicron has like 34 and that 14 other variations like the spike proteins are not covered by the existing shot okay. so yeah so and he said like so if you boosted if you get three times biontech uh, uh pfizer then uh you will not get a hard Let's say then you let's say you get now Omicron, so but you're boosted three times, then you're not getting a hard Omicron, right? So you will get like a light flu, not more. So okay. and he said and and but to uh, but you but you're not protected. That means like let's say your existing uh, vaccine you have, if it's Moderna or is it Pfizer, the existing you have. Is maybe covered like right now down to forty percent, fifty percent to get infected, not more. Okay. So that means when they when they have the Omicron vaccine in March or April, when you get the next booster shot, uh, then uh, you will be 97 percent, not even getting Omicron. So do you not get you just cannot get effect, uh, infected again? And that is what they. What they basically uh, 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 told everybody yesterday, right? So, so it was the good news and the bad news. The good news was they're actually on it already. They're actually changing the vaccine, and uh, they and Moderna will like put put vaccines out. But uh, it takes, yeah, three four months basically before they actually could start vaccinating anybody with it. So. Well, we'll nice. have to wait and uh, see, you know, because I'm going to get it just like you and everybody else should get it too. Yeah. You know, I didn't got any like a uh, friend of mine. He got the uh, BioNTech vaccine three days ago and he felt the day under the weather like he felt like he has a flu. But uh, two days later, he's totally normal. So I was lucky I didn't get any reactions to the, the three shots I got, I had absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Um, but I think that is the situation where we have to live with, that it will be around a longer time. 
And of course it will be around because the world is not vaccinated. You know, yeah. as long you have 4 billion people in Latin America and Africa and everywhere in the third world not vaccinated, that virus will develop, will change, will, it will be like the flu virus, a little more like a dangerous flu virus will keep changing and will keep spitting out new versions. And so we will be basically maybe for the rest of our life, yeah. uh, hopefully not three times a year. I mean, they should really be able at one point also to, uh, to, to change it to the flu, uh, rhythm, like, you know, that you get one shot a year. So they have to work on this too, that, the, that, the shot is longer active in you, that it's not like after four or five months completely dissolving. So what, you know, what I would like is like, I, I know this sounds unrealistic, but we were able to get a, a, a foothold on COVID relatively quickly maybe they should try and put the same resources towards like cancer and AIDS, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. No, but they do that. BioNTech is doing cancer uh, um, development, uh, like kind of cancer vaccination development now since 13 years. Oh, and they, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and they have like six or seven now in the human testing uh, uh, phase. So, um, and uh, that I think that would be That's a good question. Yeah. So yeah. So what? But it's not a vaccine. Like you get the vaccine, you don't get the cancer. That is that doesn't work this way, because it's it's way more involved as the uh, as the uh, um, here the the uh, COVID vaccine. Yeah, so, I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah. So so that what? But what happens there is this: if they find the cancer in you, then their vaccine replaces the chemo. Okay. So then they inject it into you, like after the operation, or let's say the cancer is very small. Let's say you have like uh, lupus or you have like whatever blood cancer stuff where you don't have a big tumor of a kilo. You have to cut that tumor out. Uh, yeah. So let's say you just have other forms of cancer. Then uh, they don't do chemo. They don't do radiation. Instead, they just give you the vaccine. And the vaccine activates the proteins eating the cancer. And I mean, that would be, of course, an unbelievable progress and the best thing ever because it has no side effects. You know, I mean, look at the chemo. A lot of people die from chemo 20 years after they got the chemo. Yeah, if they're young, then their body might be able to withstand it. But you're right. That shit is fucking poison, you know? Yeah, yeah. and radiation is also not good. So, I mean, you know, you can... Uh, why everybody run away from Chernobyl or Fukushima because radiation is not good. So now you have a cancer and they give you full on radiation. So the radiation triggers other cancer cells. They maybe, maybe the radiation is like melting your existing tumor away, but at the same time, uh, it, it activates other things. And then you get, you get a very bad, uh, a very bad outcome years, few years later that you get cancer from the radiation you got. So, so from this point of view, I think uh, Biontech has a bright future. You know, if, if they can do this in the cancer uh, therapy, um, then they will actually turn into uh, one of the, uh, the most important uh, medical uh, companies of all times. That, that would, would be great. great. Yeah. 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 And I can't imagine that some 
some uh, pharma companies who are making so much money with chemo. I mean, chemo costs like 10, 20, 30,000 bucks, right? So think about how many people getting chemotherapy a year. That business is like at least 10 times bigger as the Corona vaccine business. And, and so if they lose this business, they will be not happy about BioNTech. They will fight BioNTech. They will, they will lobby the hospitals not to do the vaccine, that they stick with the chemo, 100%. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes that's, that's my question about things like AIDS is like, could we have really cured it a million years ago? Or are these companies just happy that it makes them so much money just treating it? Like it'll always be in treatment and never like recovery for AIDS at bullshit. You know, I mean, just, just a thought. I'm not going to say that they're not treating it, but I'm going to say it's been a long fucking time you know yeah 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 and yeah and yesterday also the new german government started working and angela merkel drove away in her limousine uh so it's now a new chancellor in germany and uh what's the chancellor's name uh, olaf scholz he is from hamburg he's a social democrat so he, he's like a, a middle in the middle of the political spectrum, you can say. So it's and, like the German Biden? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's like sim- similar to this. And they, they rule with the liberals and the Green Party together. So uh, the liberals took the, the finance uh, department and the Greens, of course, took the like the environmental department, but also uh, Annalena Baerbock. Um, she is now the foreign uh, secretary of foreign uh, in Germany, so for the politics outside of Germany, responsible. And she, what I like actually, has a harder stand on China and Russia as Merkel's government. Okay. So she is uh, a little similar to also like Biden. Yeah. So uh, in regards of we cannot get played by Russia or China anymore. And she doesn't mean now only this kind of. Um, yeah, Russia is now threatening to invade Ukraine. Well, that yeah. she, she means that too, right? So, but she means also all the stuff they're doing, like the Russian trolling, interfering yeah. with elections. She wants to have a harder stand with, with harder reper- repercussions against all that behavior, also with China, you know, with stealing all the intellectual property. You know, yeah, they, they steal, like, they even stole World of Warcraft. There's a World of Warcraft theme park in China that's totally not licensed. It's fucking <laughs> yeah, but that is what I mean. It's like uh, you know, and 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 as we see in the past, China is not reacting to uh, to critique. Yeah, you well, know, they... now where everybody said we don't send people to the Olympics, like the diplomat people who are not going to the Olympics. China said like we give a fuck. Right, it's not like oh, we try to be better and not to incarcerate every Uyghur from the you know or swallowing swallowing up uh, Taiwan and acting like Taiwan was never a country. Uh, Now it's just part of us. So stuff like this, we always let it slide in the past. Everything they pulled, we basically closed our eyes. And I think it's time. You know, yeah, I think it's time to to uh, let them feel that if they want to be part of the international community in a way, uh, they also have to play by some rules. Yeah. You know, 
So I think also she would be not accepting the what happened to the Khashoggi guy from the Saudis when the Saudis hacked the Khashoggi guy into pieces. I well, think she, she would also immediately started sanctions and freezing accounts from the Saudis. And I think that is the only way to handle countries like this. You know, instead, what we're doing, like Rihanna goes to the next concert there and stuff like this, UFC is doing the next UFC stuff there. But we, there was no penalty for Saudi Arab in murdering a journalist and cutting him up. Yeah, that's a pretty brutal murder ordered by the president of the Saudis. I mean, that is impossible. It's unbelievable that that had no consequences. I think that people need to actually be able to. People are so fucking self obsessed. Let's take a moment to imagine that I was a journalist and I was like, honey, wait for me outside. I just have to go into the embassy. I'm going to talk to them, but you're going to be out here. So if anything bad happens, I'll text you. She goes, okay, honey. I go inside. They fucking uh, something. It feels a little weird. They hack me to they hack me to pieces. They cut off my body parts, and then yeah. they like, dissolve me in like acid, and then you never see me again. It's like that's not that that sucks. That's not good behavior. That's that that should be punished. You're right. It's scary. You know what I mean? That's not human. That should not be how we treat other human beings. You know what I mean? Especially in like a a civilized society like you don't hack people to pieces and then try to say what nothing happened and then they paint it over the area and shit that's fucked up yeah and it's like we always have a big mouse if it's a country with no money you know then it's like ah oh, whatever congo gets completely like let down and spit out and whatever like whatever but but the saudis have so much money and yeah. so much investments everywhere that then we drop every single moral uh, rule we ever believed in gets dropped and we just go with the flow and that is not the way i think we we that shows we learned nothing from the history from the past from anything and and i think that is is uh, uh absolutely not okay i think that they were empowered by their visit with trump not too long before the Khashoggi thing like trump went down there almost immediately after he was elected president and he remember he touched the the globe with all those saudi like rich prince fucking whoever the fuck and they're like yeah look at us we're hot shit we can get away with anything you know yeah yeah no it's it's ridiculous and uh yeah uh, but that is the money rules, right? And you know what shocked me too? I read today an article uh, uh, about uh, the Gisein, the, the Maxwell case, Jeffrey Epstein's helper. Yeah, okay. Uh, that the, the Vanity Fair wrote something about it, and they said uh, they think she gets free, that the state attorney completely failed to make the case. Yeah, I was reading about the the way that they were her her defense was presenting themselves, and I I realized that they're trying to present her as like a victim of circumstance in like a larger scheme of much worse men and name dropping other people. Uh, you know what I mean? It's she's very tactical. Yeah, but it's it's. Uh, 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 
failure on our failure of the prosecutor side, right? For example, so they had the pilot of the airplane from Epstein, and he said there was like Bill Gates on it or whatever here, uh, uh, Bill Clinton. They were in an airplane, right? And so the prosecutor made that witness looking like he was flying everybody to the sex island. But then uh, the defense came and just completely dismantled the witness in like, did you ever saw sex in the airplane behind you? He said, no, thank you, no more questions. Because I, that is like the, the typical mistake some prosecutors doing or attorneys, they have to convict her like that she was an active pimp, an active helper in getting, in getting underage girls being sex slaves for Jeffrey Epstein. And if you don't prove that thing, then everybody can still say she's a piece of shit, but she will never get a penalty. Right? Yeah. Because her, her defense, yeah. I was in love with him. He was my boyfriend. Yeah, he had other lovers. He, I know from some yeah, very younger, younger lovers, I had no clue that they were underage. And I stayed away from it because I loved him and I didn't want to get in the way of it. Boom. I mean, that is a story. That is the story I think the defense is saying. And uh, the defense said also, uh, uh, it, it, it's just no, um, no reason uh to believe that she did something illegal she's rich of course she's gonna get off dude yeah <laughs> and you know that he gave her 30 million dollars epstein yeah. gave gave to Ghislaine maxwell 30 million dollars yeah and she was already rich so she's richer i think she's gonna be just fine sadly you know yeah, it's ridiculous. And then Prince Andrew never get charged for because he was a rapist. He raped with Jeffrey Epstein that as a woman, right? And yeah. and yeah, and 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 also there is no no charge to him. And I think that is is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they're protecting that, the institution of the monarchy of Britain, basically the whole like uh, image of the king and the queen and the prince and all that other shit. They're just protecting that image because it's so deeply ingrained in the image of a culture in the United Kingdom. Whether you agree with them or not, the prince and the king and all that other shit. They some people really, it's like their U.S. president, even though they don't actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, and you know who I hate now? Adele. Okay, what happened? What happened with Adele? Turns out to be a total bitch. And uh, I have to list what she uh, she's doing now uh, in Vegas, some concerts. Uh, and uh, so as the, as the perks for her going to Vegas, besides her salary... She lives in the villa for $25,000 a night. Wow. Jeez it's, Louise. It's, it's like almost a million bucks a month, like 750000 bucks a month, right? It's yeah, you can buy a nice house with that shit. I know. It's unbelievable. Then she uh, uh, demands a private cook, then an entourage. She has an entourage with her, like whatever, uh, to do her nails and hair or whatever. And uh, so everything... Uh, everybody has to get like paid for it. And then um, a lot of people leaking now infos about her that she has totally, since she slimmed down, 
she's totally uh, uh, like a prick to everybody. She's like has like mood swings like crazy. And uh, I have to say also her whole new album, I hate. I think it's like the, the, the same of the, 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 the same of the same, basically, you know, and everything is like, I was so small. I was so innocent. I mean, the, the album is supposed to be about her breakup, her, her divorce, and then she let her daughter or son or whatever she has, like, dumped him, right? Like, like the, he lives more with the husband or she lives more with the husband. And uh, the reality is she's uh, dating that uh, black uh, agent guy and is going out and I mean the, the for me the short form of everything what happened is she felt ugly and fat she made a diet that she feels more pretty nothing against it but then at the same time her sex life changed dramatically she felt okay now I look actually way better and I have better chances and the, the guy I'm married to is I don't love him anymore because he's a fucking loser he married me when I was fat and now I just dump him and enjoy my my money and have better looking lovers. So that could it's be my... that, that could be more true than you think. I'm interested yeah. in what where this came from though. What what did Adele visit the ball household the other day or? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no. I'm reading about it and I heard oh. like very things in the radio <laughs> about it. And and uh, I felt like there's something really wrong and fishy. And because. All her lyrics are on the on the album are all this kind of like uh, I'm so poor, you know. I f I was fighting so long for our marriage or whatever, right? So, but she doesn't want to, you know, like you know that I'm a big fan of uh, sex and greed. That sex and greed are steering the, the world history since since invention, you know. And, and I, I think what, what happened here is that her sex life was shit and then she slimmed down and uh, now her sex life is better and she just wanted to, to change the partner. Yeah, so, well, you know I what? Mean, it's very yeah. possible that she... It's like, okay, for example, George Lucas, he was much more creative when he was in touch with the everyman. Once he surrounded himself with enablers... We got shit like Star Wars Episode One. So Adele, once upon a time, was a talented go-getter who, uh, uh, once they hit a certain peak of fame, they've got nothing more to say. They're surrounded by enablers who just put them uh, ad nauseum on repeat because they know that sells. And she's fucking lost complete touch with what made her famous and popular in the first place. And people need to be so less stupid than to just say, oh, Adele is my friend. She's just like me. Because half that shit you see is her fucking agent saying, hmm, how can we make you look likable? How can we make your the maximum sales on your album? It's all, all the shit that you guys see of artists like Adele or just a lot of celebrities. You say, I really like Paul Rudd. Maybe he's a good guy, maybe not. But what you're seeing is his fucking PR, you know? <laughs> Totally. And I, I totally agree. I think it's it's like taking, uh, uh, as soon you start with personal assistance, it's already the beginning of the end of you having any kind of like 
then then everything is like that that you're still Jenny from the block, right? That yeah. you're still a, a nice uh, person and a totally grounded person. It's already a lie. It's already doesn't doesn't really work anymore because you're not like because ninety nine point nine percent of the population on the planet Earth don't have personal assistance. Yeah, I read that Cameron Diaz didn't even know exactly. how to. They don't have hairdressers or people that are doing their nails or doing the massage in your house. If you want something like this, you go where the hairdresser is. And that is like, just like, and that, but that is how it all starts. It all starts that then they're creating their own life, their own entourage, and then they're acting like they still have something in common with the good old days where they were poor. You know, when yeah, I watched okay. the, yeah, I watched an interview now with uh, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock about that Netflix film they did, right? And then Ryan Reynolds admitted that he has like five or 600 sneakers. What? Yeah. And look, Ryan Reynolds, he comes across, I love Ryan Reynolds. He has a good humor. He's, you know, he comes across like he's absolutely down to earth from Vancouver in Canada and always easy peasy going. But it looks like it's maybe not. Who well, knows? I mean, like I said, half of it is going to be PR. We don't really know. You know, look at that. Time. There was this time I remember some famous comedian. I forgot. Um, was was serving at an awards ceremony with Chevy Chase, and he he became a comedian because he loved Chevy Chase films. And then he went up to Chevy Chase, who he's like, "Wow, I've never met you before." And I guess Chevy Chase, because he's so cynical, and because maybe he was on Painkillers, saw it as like a fanboy or something. So the guy's like, "Hey, I really like Chevy Chase," and Chevy Chase smacked him across the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> For real. Yeah, he's smacked him really hard. And uh, I think that um, a lot of the people who you see, it looks like you think Christmas vacation, but in reality, you've got a a very cynical person who may, we don't know what his life is like. We don't know what's real. We don't know what is reality versus what's not. Like, for example, Tom Cruise, I'm sure he 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 comes across as like the perfect all-American Boy Scout, and I like his films, but uh, we don't really know him. So I think it's that's why people are so fascinated with things like Surrey and and Tom and and Katie and shit is because it's so behind the curtain, and we don't know what this person's life is really like. That people are fascinated when any glimpse of of something that isn't processed and filtered through the 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 you know their their agent you know what i mean uh they're they're interested in that shit because that's the real person behind the allure ryan reynolds deserves credit for having such great representation that no real bad press has ever come out about him i think the worst that's ever come out is that him and his ex-wife um the one from black widow who uh they don't get along and and that's the thing is that they're very private about their personal life so as to be able to control their image. I think that's like a mutual respect. And if you break that code, then it's like you're not hireable because you're not trustable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's a team player. He's very smart, you know. Yeah, and, and that is that is also what I meant. It's it's like uh people uh don't are not really that anymore how how they appear you know yeah. and that's the thing it's like it's one of my my outsider 
uh, abilities uh, is that they never had an agent, manager, publicist, PR company attached to me. Yeah, we you talked about that... the agent thing the other day. And yeah, you've never had an agent. It's true. No, no. And uh, it's, of course, a lot of times in my disadvantage. But on the other side, I never had a filter, right? I was always in the real world. I never had here. I work from my home, uh, you know, and even when I raised a lot of money, I was at home uh, most of the time. I didn't have a secretary. I didn't have a personal assistant or something. If I had to make a photocopy of something, I made the copy. If I had to mail something out, I go to the mail office and mail it out. And I think all that stuff doesn't exist in their world anymore at all. Yeah, It just doesn't exist. They have for everything assistance. And but the worst was always Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, where you had them like, you know, they have like four nannies and like 10 people working for them. Yeah. Because you always think like, how can they shoot films and have like eight children. I mean, yeah. How the fuck is that possible? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's really like, uh, uh, um, yeah, it's it's a facade. Well, it's like, who's raising their kids? The nanny? <laughs> you know, because you also have to think about when you actually, uh, there's also a lie a lot of the, that people always have is this kind of like they're super family orientated. You know, The Rock and his family and the kids. and it, it, it. But look at the real world, like the real situation of a guy like The Rock. And I love The Rock. I think he's a great guy, right? But look at the real world. So I see, I think The Rock is doing three movies a year. Yeah. Yeah, and he's doing movies with budgets of, let's say, uh, 100 million, 200 million. So there are movies, they have 80 or 90 shooting days. Yeah. And so, so, you know, like, so, and then, then you have uh, other business things, then you do the tour. Like right now, they give interviews and interviews for that Netflix show they did. And before he did that Disney uh, cruise thing, that was that boat captain thing, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and so it's, it's one after the other. And and uh, and Ryan Reynolds too. He's doing Deadpool. Then he did another bodyguard thing. Then he did the net another Netflix thing. Then then he's doing Deadpool again. So they're always acting that they are actively involved in the uh, that the kids growing up. But the reality is, from three hundred sixty-five days, that two hundred definitely not existing in the life of the family. They're not existing. They're not there. They're like thousands of kilometers away. Well, and, I I read that he has a huge ass trailer where he he like flies his kids out, but we'll see. You know, I don't yeah. But know. what is this? You know, like like kids must grow up. I see it with my own son. Yeah. In in, uh, uh, in a structure, you go to school. You cannot just go in a private jet, fly uh, to a, a shooting set to say hello to your daddy who has in like half an hour time for you in the lunch break. That's but you were like seven hours in a machine spending 150 grand. I mean, what the fuck is that? Yeah, well, it's, you want the kid yeah. to have a, an enriching lifestyle. 
Yes, for the for the kids, the best best thing is is to to uh, like a structure, a repeating thing. You get up at the same time, you go to school, you do your homework, you do your hobbies, whatever, like water swimming today, stuff like this. That is the best for kids. Like and it because you you, you need to grow up and you fall, you have to learn. You know, you have to learn things in school. You have to learn communicating with other kids. You have to learn getting your friends and creating something around you. Like and that you don't learn if you're just jetting around as, as kids from Jolie or Brad Pitt. Now we are in France. Tomorrow we are in our villa in Bangkok. And then I shoot a film in Australia and you fly behind me and you do homeschooling with like three different nannies from three different continents. I mean, that that is then the end is you have psychos you have like people drug addicted psychos in the end as your kid completely detached from any form of of reality and i think that is very very unhealthy to to grow up like this yeah i mean the, we're, we're not saying the rocks kids will end up like that guys we're just talking theoretic no. okay <laughs> of course. no no but but that's what i mean it's like i i as i said i love ryan reynolds for the humor and i love the rock too and i, I love most of the films i, I but I'm not sure with look at Tom Hanks kids. I mean, Tom Hanks is a great guy, but look at his kids. The one is a porn actress. The other guy, I mean, they're like totally like off track. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And yeah, like, you know, and then you had Drew Barrymore was years of the years under drugs. You have, a, you have a, a lot of results of this famous, uh, the actors and also when I mean I read the, the Hollywood Reporter every day it's amazing to see I mean it's scary actually to see how many young people are dying you know the influencer uh, whatever dead the YouTube star dead the, the, the child actor who we know from whatever dead you know like that black girl from the, the cry of the the of the West or the Wild Tale, whatever, was a was a child actor, like a black girl. She got shot last week. Like in the car. She was like 18 years old. She won, I think she was nominated for an Oscar or something. And then like got shot, like completely never acted again, had no money, and her boyfriend was a criminal. And they tried to shoot him, but shot her. her. Like, but think about that kind of things that where where things went completely sideways for a lot of people. And uh, they, they just don't have that stability. And, um, you know, and I think that is the thing with, with an, that was, I mean, how it all started our discussion today was the thing with Adele, right? I think because Adele comes and sits with Oprah Winfrey on the couch, you know, like she has a hundred million, Oprah Winfrey has three billion. And then they're talking like they're good friends and totally have no driver and no uh, security people, no bodyguards, no assistants. But reality is you cannot touch Oprah Winfrey. Try to visit her. Try to ring out her doorbell. Yeah, no, but that is what I mean. It's like they are completely detached from the real world. That yeah. is, is the real life of all that people. We see it, look, with our projects that people don't even answer, that you cannot even contact people with, with, with getting an answer. It's ridiculous. I know they have their noses in the air and it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. look at like our Tyler Perry story. Ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous to not come back to even trying to, to try to make a, a, a business for a studio. Yeah, it makes me sad, if anything. I'm not trying to bash Tyler Perry. I just think I wish the people looked at us like fucking human beings and not like 
pieces of shit because it's just not true. You know what I mean? Like that guy, what's his name? Scott Weinberg, who tried to say, because you directed a movie about Nazi Germany and you're German means that you are a Nazi and you're a bad person. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, totally ridiculous, totally absurd also, right? So uh, I mean, it would be like blaming everybody who lives in America for like importing the slaves and killing all the natives. Yeah, I know. It's like some people can feel how they want about things that you did, like the boxing matches or even your movies. But I think that you are you are a legitimate filmmaker and you have the ability to make the uh, quality commercial product, whether art is supposed to be subjective, film is supposed to be art. People need to just chill out and stop caring so much about what other people fucking think and make up your own minds and stop being, stop being led. I, I hear that shit in the, the people repeating Uva ball. He's that guy who exploited the German tax credit loopholes. Which, which, by the way, haven't been active in like fucking over a decade. Yeah, Fifty and, years ago, they stopped that. I know, and it's like they're, they're, everybody wants to act like they're 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 like I have the scoop. I know what I'm talking about. Everybody wants to be like the source, and they're repeating bullshit or really outdated material. And then other people, are like, oh, thanks for filling me in. I won't even try to look at his movies. Fuck you! You know what I mean. Go fuck yourself. It's fucking. Yeah, but bullshit. that was one, one, but one, one of the biggest misunderstandings was that German stuff. Canada had the same. Even in US, it was the same a lot of times. Uh, oh, I was trying to tell them that. I was like, everywhere has, everywhere has no, fucking no, tax credits. Has tax write-off. But yeah, exactly. But the point <laughs> is that they, in my case. They wrote it the way, like I got the money from the government. And that is completely absurd. There was a tax break for investors, but you still have to convince investors to invest in your films. And thousands of people tried it, but they didn't get any money. So that shows for me that my ideas to make whatever House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, a Blood Rain, In the Name of the King, were not the worst ideas ever. You know, because it, because it convinced thousands of investors to give me some money. And uh, I didn't have two investors giving me like 200 million bucks. I had 6,000 investors. So, wait one second. Can you open the door? It's Manuel. Yeah, people need to stop open the door. Um, bullshit articles. I think by now it's almost been repeated so many times that it's almost like it's fact or something, but it's not fact. No, God. no. It's, I had to raise the money and nobody wanted to invest in anything uh, without the chance to make money. That was also a thing, but it's a completely absurd because they wrote it a lot of times, even on Wikipedia it was uh, in the beginning written, like that I had to tank the money, that I had to lose the money to make them happy. And it's total bullshit. Yeah. It's like you invest a hundred grand in the film and then the moment you invest it, the money is gone, right? So means you save 50,000 bucks in taxes if it was like taxable money, right? So you just saved 50,000 in taxes. But you gave me a hundred, means you lost a hundred thousand bucks. And that means, of course, you hope that the movie makes money and over time it generates 100,000 back or 
150,000 back or 200,000 back. So that besides the 50,000 tax you saved, you made another 100,000. So, but the kicker for that tax break was, of course, that you, if you invest 100 in a film, that you can save 50,000 bucks. You don't have to pay the tax. So you basically lost only 50. Yeah. You know, if the film would make a no revenues, you would still lost the 50 grand and you would be better off to pay the taxes in the first place. But that risk, because people think films are risky and films are risky. And to convince private investors to invest in films, that was a real kicker. And that made it happen that a lot of Germans said, okay, fuck it, I put some money in a movie. And that was 2005 completely stopped. You cannot write off now that film investment with your other taxes. And that was yeah. the, the, in a very bad way, I think. And it was the end for any form of private investment in film in Germany. And that the German film industry since 15 years are kind of suffering through it because what is now the alternative for a film director in Germany, for a film producer? How you get money? You know what you do? Exactly what I'm trying now. You send something to Netflix. You send something to other TV uh, things. You, you send something uh, to the subsidy, to the cultural subsidies. And if they don't give you subsidies or a TV channel or a streamer says no, you're fucked. You're done. There are no film. Yeah, it's the 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 the, the corporate uh, decon uh, reconstruction of the film industry. Like it used to be that there was a place for uh, private investment, and now it's all streamlined through like corporate effect. And I think that is total bullshit. Yeah, because it destroys also the last chance of real independents who are not getting the whole production money uh, from, from the streamers, from the studios, from the TV channels, uh, are totally fucked, even in the US. And right? to make it clear so for no, everybody... Your uncle who just gives you 10 million bucks, or you're not the kids from uh, uh, here, uh, the, uh, Ericsson from, from Oracle, uh, you know, who say, Papi, Papi, give me 5 billion, I want to be in the film industry. And they doing Skydance and, you know, like they, they have two different companies. So they got the money from their daddy. But if you don't have a daddy like this, so how, how you want to make films? Like how you want to ever make enough money in an, in another job to generate so much capital you need to make a film will never happen. So they keep you out. They keep you out of the industry in in disallowing tax breaks for private investors uh, to invest in films. People were spinning it online like almost like it was patriotic. Like Ball was exploiting the German taxpayers by using their money to make his shitty movies. That's how it was being spun. It's such fucking bullshit. Yeah. And you know who really uh, exploiting the German taxpayers? That are all that directors in Germany who nobody internationally gives a shit about. They make only art house films and they're getting it completely paid by the subsidy. You know, they, they're making, an, uh, they, they file out the forms, they know six people in a jury, and they're getting like hand over two million bucks subsidies, shoot the film, completely paid by subsidies, uh, leasing their new Audi with the subsidies they're getting, and that is 100% taxpayers' money. And nobody gives a shit if that movie's flop, because nobody, there is no consequences for it. We have in Germany around 400 million euro that are like 500 million US a year, just poor film subsidies where you 
make your application. And if the subsidy people say, God, it's a great film, uh, uh, you know, the reality is, of course, they don't think it's a great film. The reality is they give their buddies the money. It's total corruption. They give the people always the same people getting always the subsidies every year. And they, they, have, they, have, they don't have to be successful. They are not in a competition whatsoever. They just make whatever the fuck they want, uh, making one bullshit film after the other, what, what really nobody wants to see. And then in the end, they're getting shown in like public TV. You okay. know, so That's very bad, basically. I think it, I think uh, uh, to activate private capital uh, uh, was a very wise thing to do for the German government, but it was only five years on from the year 2000 to the year 2005. I was able for five years to raise some money in the German capital market. Only five years in my almost now, not almost like 1991, was German Fright Movie my first film. It's a 30 years anniversary now, right? So I made films for 30 years and in 30 years, for five years, I could raise some money from private investors. So if that is somebody who, whose whole life is abusing the German taxpayer system, uh, then I don't know what else to say about it. People are just idiots. People just want to make people hate you. Something against you. Somebody has something against you and then they want other people to hate you. So they kind of like bend the truth. It's like the telephone game, you know, and by now it's taken a life of its own. There was a time when, you know, we, we were like laughing about it, but after a while it just gets tiring, you know, it gets really exhausting to have to, cause it, it affects, it affects perception. Yeah. It affects the films being funded. I really want, um, we just need to keep trying. We need to keep going. I think that that idea about a political weekend at Bernie's is a great idea. What do you think? <laughs> no, I know, I know. I mean, uh, th there are a lot of good ideas out there. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to give up on the Alien Nest project, for example. Oh, no. We're, we're, I mean, you do it all in order. We could put tons of things on the slate. Things can be developed in the background, just even if it's not going to be used. There's plenty of stuff that I've worked on that hasn't actually made it through, you know? No, exactly. It's, it's like, and um, I got a, uh, what is a little like, was a positive info and a negative info, but uh, at the same time, but the guy I know, he talked to um, the Netflix for German productions, like German uh, films, uh, the Netflix woman. And she said, she gets 50 scripts a day. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, and she said the reason why she's not calling people back who it's too much work. They're overfloating with work. They have too much work. And so that is the reason they're not like saying no to your project. You remember I sent them a few things and never heard about it again. Yeah. It's because they are totally overwhelmed and overworked. So they don't spend time saying no. They only spend time saying yes. Means they're coming to you like if they really want something, they will call you and say we want it. But if not, then it will be dead silent. So and I was so mad with them because I felt that they are so uh, disrespectful to not at least saying no. Yeah. To not saying you know to say nothing is ridiculous. But 
Now I understand it a little better and gives them a little more like uh, slack, right? I cut them a little more slack to it. Like, because it's like understandable if I will get 50 scripts a day. Uh, I mean, what the fuck? Well, you have to think of it like they replaced Hollywood and how the fuck are they going to keep up with that workflow unless they hire a lot more people? Yeah, and that is the problem of Netflix. It looks for me that they don't have uh, enough uh, people. Yeah, it doesn't and seem then, that way. You know, and then what? What? But what I think what really happens then is this: you check first who sent me that script. Who is that? And let's say you're an unproduced, unknown director, writer. You're toast. Yeah. Director. You know, and half the time yeah. they won't even read your script. They'll only read the treatment and they'll read like a page of a treatment. They won't even read the whole thing. If they do read your script, they're only going to read the first five pages. And if the first five pages don't, and that's very rare. That yeah, but script. that is what I mean. I think that that brings me a little bit because the, the writer from the Elliot Ness project, he said, why not shooting the film in Berlin? said in Berlin, there's, for example, the Babylon Berlin show. There are a lot of blocks in Berlin. They still look like almost the Second World War, like with big brick buildings. And he said that looks like Cleveland in the 50s. Great. So, and that brings me, like, that is why, why, why I totally want to do that. Because in Berlin is Studio Babelsberg. They have big uh, facilities, but they also, I know them. They're not like Tyler Perry uh, will not answer me. They will totally answer me and read that script. And they could go for Berlin subsidies if we shoot there. So now we turn, if that step would be done, that I get them attached, right? That they say, uh, I'm, we're, we're, we want to do the production with you. Then I could send this to the Netflix Germany and could say, because it's shot in Germany, you are the person who have, have given me an answer. And with Elliot Ness, that attaching maybe one or two actors, having Studio Babelsberg as a partner, uh, could have way bigger chances that something positive happens with the project as and wait that Lionsgate will ever answer me or something, you know? Yeah, I, I just want to say that this is your chance to make the best film, like, Let's make the best film for the audience that will really, really fuck them up, that will really uh, intrigue them and excite them. Because this film is like going to sink or swim your career from here. If this film is really good, then you'll get the hype and reviews that will um, support growth. But if people shit on this film, I don't think that they're going to, I think that they're going to, the same old shit is going to be as difficult as it has been. But this is a chance at reinvention. This is a chance at, at Tyler Perry saying, I was wrong. That movie was really great. I really liked that movie. There are a lot of people who, who changed their minds about you when Rampage came out. So here's our chance again, man. Yeah, but I, but, uh, uh, um, I think um, the good thing with Elliot Ness is it's a kind of a known property an American yep. historical property, like a person in America, like a national hero kind of thing. He he brought down. Uh, it it would be almost the 
the most mainstream film I ever did. Yes, yes. You know? I think that and people, that, everybody knows The Untouchables, right? Yeah, yeah. And that that could really uh, uh, could could really change a lot because if you're able to tell a story like this in the same quality like Untouchable One in a two hour uh, uh, in a two hour uh, movie in a period piece movie and you make it like a strong gangster movie um, then I think that could that could definitely change something for me and uh, uh, could could evaporize almost yeah. everything. I think it's a brilliant idea and I think it's going to be fucking awesome. It just needs to get made. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that is always the tough part, right? So, but, uh, no, yeah, we, we're going a lot of alleys at the same time down to make it happen. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I think we're done for today. Yeah, everybody, please go to uvaballrawusa.com and uh, subscribe to this show. Also, for German language speakers, we have Ball and Blasberg podcast, which you can search for on most major podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.